Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me enough to walk away from your livelihood? And trust me to be your Jehovah Jireh? Do you love me enough to trust me that I will provide for you, Peter? Do you love me that much? Do you love me more than these, Peter? So it very well could be that Peter is going fishing and getting back to his life. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And they said, we're going with you. And immediately, notice they got in the boat. Now, in the Greek languages, I'm not trying to impress you with my Greek. I want you to understand something here. In the Greek language, there's a definite article here. They got in the boat. The boat. The boat implies the boat belongs to someone in specific. Possibly, this is Peter's boat. When we go to Israel, we usually go, and we did this pastime, to the Gennesar Museum. At the Gennesar Museum, you will see that boat. That boat is, uh, that's a picture just taken two weeks ago, actually. That boat is um, a 2,000-year-old fishing boat that was found in 1986 when the water level in the Galilee was very low. And a couple brothers discovered something in the mud. It turned out to be this 2,000-year-old fishing boat. And they were able to dig it out and preserve it. And it's in the museum on the shore of Galilee at Genesar. We go there every time we go to Israel. It's very fascinating uh, to see this, this boat. This boat could have belonged to Peter. It could be Peter's boat. Um, right across the, the Sea of Galilee, they have a restaurant called Peter's Fish House. Now, we usually don't go there. I, I, don't, I, don't, take, I don't take our tours there because I, I, don't, I don't really like it. But it's like a tourism spot. But I don't really like it because they serve the fish, like the whole fish with the eyes. And let me tell you, I don't eat nothing that's looking at me. Where my people at? If it's looking at me, I'm not eating it. So, and people make a big deal. It's a big, it's a big tourist place. You know, they're going to make them, everybody going to get their money now. It's a big tourist place and people go there. I don't go there because I don't really like the fish. And I think it's just a big tourist spot. It's not that great anyway. But, 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 but this, this, this museum, which is right across the, the sea, it is just beautiful. And so they, they walked down the Arbel. And they got into a boat and they fished all night and they didn't catch anything. Now, we can learn something. Listen, when you don't do what God has called you to do, then you don't receive the blessings that God has in store for you. Did y'all hear me? I think four people agree with that. When you don't do what God has called you to do, then you don't receive the blessings that God has in store for you. 
Uh, somebody clap your hands and say amen. Notice Jesus called them and he told them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Mark 1.17, Jesus said, follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Jesus told them to wait for him in Galilee on the mountain. He did not tell them to go fishing. Are y'all with me? He did not tell them to get back to their livelihood. Now, fishing, listen, is not a sin in and of itself. It's not a sin. Fishing's not a sin. Fishing for them at this time was sinful. Why? Because God didn't tell them to fish. God didn't tell them to fish. They were now in the place of disobedience. If God calls you to do something and you find yourself doing something else, that's sin Ask Jonah. Write that down. Ask Jonah. It's not what God told you to do. See, if I decide, Pastor Rodney, if I decide I'm going to go and become a fisherman for my livelihood, that's not what God called me to do. I would be in sin because God didn't call me to fish for fish. God told Pastor Ryan to fish for men. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And the reason they didn't catch anything is because they're in their flesh. They weren't fishing according, they were fishing according to their flesh, their own will, their own ideas. They were doing their own thing, not God's thing. You can't do your own thing and expect the blessings of God. Somebody say amen. Because something doesn't turn out the way that you thought it should or a test comes or you've been in a trial for a really, really, really long time and you're tired and you stop trusting God and having faith in God and go and then, and then you go fish. Hmm. You know, in preacher world, we say that'll preach. That'll preach. You get tired of waiting on God and so then you go fish or you go do what it is you want to do. Or you go do it the way you want to do it. You cannot expect God to bless you. Don't give up on God because he doesn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on you. I think of, I thought of this verse this morning in Psalm 27, 13. I love this verse and perhaps I can get a witness here. Uh, but the verse says this. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Saints, y'all come on, read it with me. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And do you notice, you know, sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I like to notice what's not in the text, what's not there. Do you notice, I want you to notice what's not in our text. You know what's not here? Prayer. Prayer. Notice nobody said, hey, let's pray about whether we should leave or not. Well, let's take a minute and consider God. Well, let's take a second and ask God if that's his will for us. They never did. Don't you, don't you feel the text? The text sounds like point blank period. Peter said, I'm going fishing. They said, we're coming with you. Immediately they got in the boat and they caught nothing all night. Don't expect God to bless your mess. Am I right about it? They never asked him. And that's why they weren't productive and fruitful and blessed. Look at verse 4. It was morning. And Jesus stood on the shore, yet they did not. You look at that verse 4. They, it was morning. And Jesus stood on the shore, yet they did not know it was Jesus. They had an image, but they didn't know it was Jesus. Verse 5, then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered, no. Now, I don't think they answered 
no, like, hey, children, have you any food? And they go, no. I don't think they did that because they're fishermen. You know, fishermen, like the, the fish gets bigger and bigger. You know, the fish story gets bigger and bigger. They, 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 Jesus, they're getting the food. They're like, no. Resm, tesm, resm, tesm. You know, you're mad when you just, they're, they're frustrated because they've been fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. And this word children is an interesting word because, listen, in the Greek language, the word children that is usually used is technon. But this word in the Greek language is Pation, pation, P-A-I-D-I-O-N, and it means lads or boys. This is the only time it's used in the Gospels. So Jesus says, have you any food or have you caught anything? That in the Greek language is in the negative, which demands a negative answer. So Jesus says, it sounds more like this. Hey, lads. Hey, boys. You haven't caught anything yet, have you? It demands a negative answer. Verse 6, Jesus said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find them. Now I find that interesting. They didn't argue with him. What difference could it make to put the net on the right side versus the left side? I'm sure they already tried the right side of the boat. Again, they've been out there all night. I'm sure they tried the left side. Then they tried the right side. Then they tried the left side. They didn't get the fish on either side. And how big is this boat? I mean, a boat ain't but so big. I mean, they th- throw it this way, don't you hardly have to move and throw it that way. How big is this boat? So Jesus says, cast your net on the right side. And I'm sure they didn't believe it. And maybe they're thinking, listen, we're fishermen. We've been fishermen for a long time. Jesus, you're a carpenter. You do what you do. And we do what we do. Maybe. Truth is, listen, sometime, isn't this true? Sometimes it's hard to hear from God when you're good at what you do. We kind of get mixed up calling and talent. Listen to me. We get mixed up with calling and talent. Sometimes when we're good at something, it's hard to hear from God whether it is that God is really calling you to do that thing. But because you're good at it, you think, well, God can use me in this area. We mix up calling and talent. So if you have a talent for something, like maybe, for example, you're a public speaker and you're a really good orator and you can stand before people and you're a great public speaker, you might make the mistake to think that you can be a really good pastor. That, that doesn't equate to each other. Just because you're a really good speaker does not mean that you're a really good pastor because this job here as a pastor requires anointing. You can't do this unless God calls you, unless God anoints you. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do y'all? I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't go to cemetery. I mean seminary. Nowadays, it's more like cemetery and what they're teaching theology. Bad. I, 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 before this church, I wasn't a pastor. I, I was doing youth group, youth you know, ministry, children's ministry, singing songs with the kids and that kind of thing. And, and God called me to come here and pastor a church. I have never been the... I, I, you guys know I graduated 12th grade. Barely got out of 12th grade. Amen. Don't y'all shout me down. Amen. Some of y'all, same thing. 
I don't have the credentials that people think. People ask me all the time, what seminary did I go to? Or what Bible college did I go to? And I tell them UHS. And they say, UHS? I never heard of UHS. And I go, yeah, University of the Holy Spirit. That's, what, that's the school I went to. I didn't, I didn't get formal training. I didn't go through mentorship. My pastor didn't sit down and say, this is how you pastor a church. Nobody can teach you how to shepherd. Shepherding is something that God puts in your heart. I'm going to leave this alone because y'all not even hearing me. Shepherding is something God puts in your heart. And it's an issue of calling. You might be good at finances and think, well, you can do a good job for the church. It's an issue of calling. God doesn't need you to be good at anything. He needs you to be available. God doesn't need you to be good at anything. He needs you to be faithful. It's required in the story to be found what? Faithful. God doesn't, if you are faithful and available, God will give you everything you need in order to do what it is that he's called you to do. Can you say amen? Clap your hands. Notice they didn't argue with Jesus. They threw their nets on the right side. And all the fish that Jesus had been diverting from either side. You know, I get the impression that Jesus is on the shore. And because, keep in mind, they're out there in the flesh. Because he didn't tell them to go out there. They went out there on their own. So they're out there. Jesus is on the shore looking at them out there fishing all night. I get the impression that they're throwing their net on the right side. And Jesus is going, fish, go left. All the fish go left. How big is this boat? Fish go left. And it's kind of, it's, it's a crazy because, I mean, Jesus was in like a line where the fish don't go past this line. And all the fish stay over here. And they're like frustrated because their line is over, their net is over here on the right. And then when they throw their net to the, to the left, Jesus says, fish, go right. All the fish just go right over here. And, and they're getting frustrated and, 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 and because God, Jesus, is Lord of all creation, and all creation obeys his voice. And maybe, just maybe, this is deja vu for the disciples. Maybe they're thinking, I've seen this before. Luke chapter 5, read it in your own time. Jesus had just finished teaching, and he told Peter, get out of the boat and go deep, or go, go, go deep into the deep part and, and, and let down your nets. And I'm sure when Jesus said this, there was an awkward silence because every fisherman knew the morning is the worst time to fish. The sunlight is on the water and it scares the fish away in the warm water and so on. So if you're going to fish, you're going to fish at night or before the sun comes up. Luke chapter 5, 5 tells us, Peter said, Jesus, we've been fishing all night and haven't caught one fish, but nevertheless at your word, because you ask." Or we'll humor you and drop the net. And when they obeyed the word, they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. And they started calling the other fishermen. And they continued catching fish, catching so many. It filled both boats. And both boats began to sink. And probably if Jesus wasn't in one of them, they would have sunk. Jesus said, draw in your net. And they pulled in 153 fish. Jesus said, you pull. Watch the saints. You pull. You draw it in. Again, we're talking about God, not man. We're talking about God, not man. 
Jesus could have had those fish, listen to me, Jesus could have had those fish jump out of the water, jump into the boat, already fried, hot, and steamy if he wanted to. Am I right about it? We're talking about God, not man. So he could have had the fish jump out, already fried, in the boat, hot and steamy, ready to eat. Jesus could have been the first to invent fast food fish. Not John Silver. But Jesus has them involved. Jesus wants to see, listen, write it down, obedience. God wants to see obedience. Obedience follows blessings. Or blessings follow obedience, pardon me. Blessings follow obedience. Success follows obedience. You can't keep doing the same thing the same way and expect different results. You can't rebel against God and expect blessings. Success comes from obedience. Obedience is better than what, saints? Sacrifice. Obedience involves humility. The disciples were professional fishermen. They all knew about fishing. So they had to be humble enough to do what Jesus said and not what they wanted to do. Jesus is asking them to do what they have been doing all night. The difference this time is God is telling them to do it. And when God is telling you to do something, do it. Can I get a better amen than that? They cast their nets on the right side. Seven guys could hardly draw them in. 153 fish and they finally realized it was the Lord. Look at verse 7. It tells us it was John who said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment because they would fish in their tunic or in their loincloth or in their underwear. That's the way they would fish. So when Peter notices it's the Lord, he puts on his tunic, he dives in the water and swims to the shore. You got to love Peter, don't you? Peter is ready, fire, aim. Write that down. Ready, fire, aim. That's Peter. So Peter sees the Lord, he dives in the water because if Jesus is somewhere, he wants to be there. The other guys are smart enough to row to the shore. Look at verse 9. Peter is wet and shivering, looks down, he sees fish broiling on coals. And what did Jesus do? How did Jesus get the fish? Did he stop at the market? I'm not sure. Or just created, I don't know. But you got to wonder, if looking at, listen to this, if looking at the fire of coals it's causing Peter to remember the last time he was around fire and coal. John chapter 18, remember? He was denying the Lord. And an officer made themselves a fire of coals. And they warmed themselves. And Peter warmed himself. And you got to wonder, is Peter smelling those coals? And he starts to remember the courtyard. Look at verse 10. Jesus breaks the silence and says, bring some fish that you've caught. Almost like you guys want seconds. I got the first, you got yours. Peter runs and drags the net, and it's 153 in the net. I got to wonder who counted them. I really, I've always wondered who counted them. Jesus said, come, let's eat breakfast or come and die. And note, still at this point, the disciples knew it was Jesus, but they dared not ask. So this is a pretty awkward breakfast. They've been, there's a lot of interpretation um, since the early church about this number 153. Some say, listen, 153 is the added value of the Greek words Peter and fish. Some ancient writers like Jerome held that there was 153 different types of fish in the world 
and this represents a full harvest of all the world. Cyril of Alexandria said, a hundred stands for the Gentiles, 50 for Israel, and three for the Trinity. Listen, the truth is, all we know about 153 and what it stands for is that it's the number of the fish that they caught. Amen. Don't read into the Bible, coming up with all these theories, okay? Let the Bible say what the Bible says. The 153, that's what they caught. Look at verse 14. John tells us this is the third time that Jesus showed himself, revealed himself, manifested himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The first time was the Resurrection Sunday. The second time was eight days later. This is the third time. And John wants to remind you this is a resurrected, literal, alive from the dead Christ. Now, remember I told you, give me your attention, look at me. Remember I told you John wrote five of the books of the New Testament. He wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. I want you to turn with me, and we'll, we'll just end right here, in 1st John um, chapter 1. Look at 1st John chapter 1. 1st John chapter 1. 1st John chapter 1 is right after 2nd Peter and right before 2nd John. Amen. You'll get that on the way home. Right before 2 John. 1 John. Look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Pardon me, I think I got this cold. I just can't seem to kick this thing. 1 John chapter 1. Now see, John is writing because there's this heresy going around. Before we read, look at me. John is writing because this heresy is going around in the early church called the Gnostic heresy. Gnostic, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, G is silent. Gnostic heresy. The Gnostic heresy said that Jesus, when he rose from the grave, he rose as a ghost, that he rose as a spirit, that they, the Gnostics said that when he walked, that he didn't leave footprints, uh, that when he would bite food, that nobody really ever seen him bite or nobody ever seen him masticate or chew food. And so John is writing this letter to refute the Gnostic heresy. If somebody asks you what is 1 John about, you tell them John is writing 1 John to refute the Gnostic heresy concerning the resurrected Jesus. Did he resurrect fully bodily with a, with a body, a tangible, touchable body or not. This is what John is writing for. Look at 1 John chapter 1 and look at verse 1. John says, that which was from the beginning, and which we have heard, which we have noticed, seen with our own eyes, we have looked upon, our hands have touched concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and we bear witness and we declare to you, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested. That word manifested means to unveil. It means to reveal. It means to show. The Father manifested the Son to us. John is saying we have seen him. We looked upon him. We have touched the word of life. That which we have seen in verse 3 and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write to you that your joy might be full. You see, your joy is full when you understand that Jesus physically 
bodily rose from the grave, that you understand, is anybody listening, that you understand that he ascended into heaven as a full-bodied man and that he is going to come back from heaven as a full-bodied man to receive his church without spot or blemish. And that, John says, when you understand that this is the Christ that I'm talking about, John says, I saw him with my own two eyeballs. And I touched him with my own hands, and I had breakfast with him. And we fellowship together. I'm telling you, John says, I'm writing you these things to let you know that that your joy will be full when you realize that the resurrected Jesus resurrected in a full body, and it's that same Jesus is coming back. I want to know who believes it. I want to know who believes it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.